This may not be what the creators intended, but like, it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that Selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no, never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. Uh, I'm against punching horses in the face, and I'm Evan. I'm a horse that is also against punching horses in the face, and is also just kind of done with this whole jousting bullshit. I'm Ronnie. Did you guys read that Batman run where Batman just, like, punched, like, six horses in the face? No. <laughs> no. I think uh, this guy may have. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, after the Court of Owls, it was in the New 52, and Batman is, like, traveling through, like, Arkham Asylum, and he just beats the shit out of, like, five horses. Like, if you were to search, if you were to Google image Batman punching horses in the face, you'd find a bunch of panels from that comic. To be fair, those horses were in Arkham Asylum for pretty heinous crimes. I, I, I don't think it was a Dr. Horrible bad horse situation. I think it was just, like, there's mounted guards. Sure. And inmates took anyway. If you can tell by those introductions, ending pending is a podcast where we discuss old Batman runs. No, where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season, and we are currently covering History Channel's Full Metal Jousting, baby. <laughs> but before we get into that, I have a bit for us. What's the bit? What's the bit? What's, What's the, bit? the bit? First the bit of twenty twenty two. I'm very excited. Oh shit! It is. Oh, it is and the this first is our bit of first show. Tech, like our first show of 2022. Boy, yeah. we we just fell into this one, lads. Yeah. Uh, the bit is, if you were gonna joust on a horse, what what would you want the name to be? Would you go for a Praetorian or a Superman, or would you go for? Uh, I don't remember any of the other horse names from this show. Jefferson, Crispin. Crispin. Oh, Crispin. Mm. Um, there's... There's a lot of horses. Uh, Donner, Blitzen. Uh, there's 15 no. horses and there's 16 competitors. Sleepy, Nor Doc, Dopey. Dwellin, Balin. <laughs> Goyan, Oyan. Biffer, Boffer, Bomber. There you go. Um, th for some reason, the name that immediately came to my mind is Dandelion. Oh, um, why, would you, why would you joust upon Dandelion? I, I would just, you know, I feel like I could at least, I'm big on, I'm big on the, the like relief factor of even if things are going rough, I could just go down there and be like, oh, it's okay, Dandelion. And that would just make me happy. There's a, there's a restaurant in, in Wildwood that I've never been to, but it's my favorite restaurant. Uh, it's a hot dog place called grab a wiener. Um, it's a great, and I have, I have to just imagine that it, if I had a job there, this is probably not how anyone who works at grab a wiener feels, but if I had a job there and it was getting rough, I would just like walk across the boardwalk, look at the sign, give myself a good chuckle and like, all right, I could do it and walk back in. It's, it never <laughs> if, gets old. If you're a customer and you're causing a scene at grab a wiener, you really got to hold up a mirror and reflect on like what choices <laughs> led you to your meltdown at the sure. counter girl at grab sure. a wiener. Yeah. 
Yeah. Boy. So yeah. did was did they name this like in the self-aware way or was this restaurant like named in the 40s and has just persisted? No, it's it's def it's a new restaurant and it's okay. not like it's not like a dick slash resort thing where it's like <laughs> our hot dogs are named after famous penises. I don't know how that would work. Um, but it's, it's just very, just like, it's, it's kind of like grab a wiener, but they don't like lean into it. It's a very wholesome place. Otherwise, I, this, I know from walking by, as I said, I've never eaten at grab a wiener. I hear it's great, but I just, it's my favorite restaurant. And I fear that eating there would make me have to reconsider, <laughs> you know, R- Ronnie, did you say that, you know, a restaurant where the, the meals are named after famous no, I just like there's like restaurants out there that are like they're irreverent, like by okay. nature and like a restaurant called Grab a Wiener could really like lean into that. Sure. Uh, I don't. So I was going to say, who is judging the famousness of each of the dicks? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Dick Slash Resort has to have some weird Dick Slash. You, you have heard of this of this restaurant where they're. No, this is one of those restaurants where they're like intentionally shitty to you. Oh, um, OK. Yeah, and and they like draw penises on like a big paper hat for you or something, and people go for some uh, horrible reason. Oh, I people think, who are into like, BDSM but haven't fully unpacked. Sure, that they're into like some humiliation kink. I I didn't realize when you said the name, but I do think I've heard of this place yeah. where like. Yeah. The waiters like say, "What the fuck do you want?" and shit yeah. like that. You know what? Yeah, okay. And you this is don't the, always yeah. get what you ordered, and it's like, how is this an enjoyable restaurant experience for anyone? Yeah, they have not. They have not fully come to terms with their uh, fetishes, and yeah, no. are, are just paying someone to be mean to them for sure. For sure, yeah, they haven't so, realized so, it's a sex thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, my my horse would be called Grab a Wiener. Uh, what what about y'all? Are you ready, Evan, or should I go? Um, you can go. I had one that sprang to my mind. I'll see if I come up with anything better. But so I haven't mentioned this yet in 2022. But at the start of quarantine, I started reading the the Claremont run of X Men comics, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's time to take a shot. I mentioned it. Uh, in those comics, uh, Emma Frost has easily become one of my favorite characters. You know, I liked her beforehand, but like new level, I adore her. Uh, she is trying to gaslight the character, uh, Firestar? Star? No. Firestorm? The, the, no, the fire girl from X-Men. She was in Spider-Man's Amazing Friends. Mm-hmm. You're asking the wrong guy. The, 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 the fire girl. She sucks. No one likes her. Uh, but she's trying to, like, gaslight her into becoming a supervillain and into, like, joining her, like, evil school for evil mutants. And so she buys... I think it's Firestar. And she buys Firestar a horse named Butterrum. <laughs> and is like, look, I bought you this horse. Look at how nice I am. Like, I bought you this horse. And, like, I'm not evil. Would an evil person buy you a horse? And then she fucking murders the horse and frames it on, uh, I think, Charles Xavier to be like, you don't want to join that school. They fucking kill, killed your horse. Uh, so I would name my horse Butter Rum after uh, the the boss ass bitch move that Emma Frost did. The stable we are building, the Endy Pendy stable, where we have a horse named 
uh, dandelion and a horse named Butter Rum is just like, what a wholesome place to be. <laughs> um, this Butter Rum's not going to get murdered. It's not no. going to get horse murdered. We would never let a horse get horse murdered on our watch. No. So, so, uh, Evan, not you, even by you, Emma Frost to gaslight a teenager. Are you saying you're bringing in a real... Uh, unwholesome horse a real horny horse name for this uh for this no table. no the name that i thought of was uh calico jack rackham i just think oh, it would be fun, fun for a horse to have a very long and also human name that is mm-hmm. a good time um if if i were uh naming a, a race horse there was um hang on there was a comment that uh uh I'll, I'll see if I can come back to this later in the episode. There was a, a comment that someone made about a famous pirate that just had a delightful mouthfeel. It's like an entire sentence. It's like, um, like perfectly selfish and delightfully evil or something like that. And if I were naming a racehorse that where you have to give racehorses long names because no two racehorses can ever have the same name ever in the history of racehorses. And, you know, there are a lot of them. Is that why they so, do it? Um, yeah, that's why they all have weird names, because they all have to be registered. They usually have, like... It's like SAG. Oh, it's like getting their SAG after a card. <laughs> yes, it's exactly like that. Um, but they, uh, the horse, the racehorses usually have, like, a nickname that the, the like, trainers and stuff call them. And then when they're like, hmm, this horse is going to be is going to be good enough to be a racehorse, then they give them, like, an official name. But they keep calling them their regular horse name, like... Sure secretariat they just called him red like his name was red so Mm. they like they don't really use that name it's just for like registration purposes gotcha i do want to stress that while uh we on ending pending are against punching horses in the face we are not against punching centaurs and i still think i could beat up a centaur (laughs) i know we've had some like heated debate about that previously but i still think i could do it Real, it's just real tall. It's real high up there. Yeah, it's got yeah. a lot of lower body strength, like the most farther lower to fall, body baby. strength. Farther to fall. Ooh, ooh. Look, if that little like insurance dude could punch a horse in the face, I think I could reach and punch a centaur. Gosh, he he he. Um, like he didn't win that fight. You understand that, right? Like, <laughs> yes, he punched the horse in the face, and the horse was like hurt and startled. But had that horse wanted to fuck him up. Like that horse could have just trampled him to death with his hoofs. I don't know. I'm I'm quick, baby. I'm quick. I think I could take a centaur. Anyway, let's talk about full metal jousting. Let's uh, do full it. Full metal jousting is a short-lived, uh, obviously on this show, <laughs> uh, short-lived reality TV show uh, where dudes uh, joust in. Uh, with some really bizarre extra rules slapped on top. Yeah, we um we really like fell ass backwards into this choice, y'all, because uh we Ronnie was over at our house this past weekend, and uh we were mentally preparing ourselves to play a uh a silly little TTRPG that Andy got me for Christmas called I Came Here to Win, which is a TTRPG where you create a reality competition show and then you play through it. And so we were like, oh, what's going to get us in the mood? What's going to get us in the headspace 
to like play a reality competition TTRPG. And uh, the answer that Andy came up with was full metal jousting. There's a TV <laughs> show called full metal jousting and it's, it's gotta be terrible. It's gotta be terrible. And also everything we want out of a reality competition show. So we found it on Hoopla, which is the app that you use to access the movies that you get from the library in the quarantine times. You know how you, listener, you you know how your mom used to take you to the library and allow you to pick out one movie because um, she didn't want to pay for a movie at Blockbuster. So you went to the library and you were allowed to pick one and you got to keep it for three days and then you had to bring it back to the library. Um, That's what hoopla is but modern and you can you have an app on your tv so uh we found full metal jousting on the library app on the tv and we uh we watched a bunch of episodes for it and we were like guys is this content (laughs) are we making content for ending pending right now are we is this prep for content and sure enough it is a one season tv show and boy do we have things to say about it we have we've experienced it and now we're we're going to tell you about it. Um, unlike most of our shows, you you can't really, like, summarize the plot, but... The plot is what you and your friends are doing while this show is on in the background. Like, for instance, <laughs> in episode two, we really focused on... The show really focused on the the two people who are going to joust by the end of it. And sure enough, the one guy, I was like, does he have a tongue stud? And he, upon further inspection, he did. And I was like, that dude's gay. 100% that guy's gay. They're not going to say it because this is a History Channel show. But uh, that that man is a friend of Dorothy. And so I internet stalked him and found his Instagram and sure enough, the the man is as queer as a $3 bill. And that became the entire focus of the rest of that episode was us deep diving his Instagram and laughing at his uh, calendar for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a sexy calendar that you he can buy. He has a sexy, sexy at, calendar. I think it's extrathirsty.com. Is the name the of his only, website? Yeah, it's it's got e-commerce functionality, but the only thing you can buy is his sexy calendar. Um, and he was in a, a documentary that uh, was made like two years after Full Metal Jousting about uh, gays who are tough, just like <laughs> cis, cis gay men who are masculine. Uh, he's also- I think it was called like I could beat you off or something. It was not oh, called no. that, but that's a good joke. <laughs> that was that was good. Um, he was also on at least one episode of Naked and Afraid. I think he's been on multiple, but he was on at least one. I will say that is the ideal person if you are a woman uh, who is conventionally attractive, like I'm pretty sure everyone on Naked and Afraid is, uh, that that uh, the hot guy that you are paired with is going to be gay. Oh, yeah, definitely uh, much, much less awkward and like, you know mentally and emotionally safer situation to be in if you're just naked with a gay guy the whole time certainly there anyway there certainly are those uh those gays who get very friendly with their with their lady friends uh in a way that's right. like hey maybe this is maybe not totally okay so hopefully it's not like that but certainly better than a cis uh cishet dude certainly certainly yeah better than that. This, uh, this gay does seem like a little bit much to be around honestly but 
I don't know. I haven't seen the episodes of Naked and Afraid, so maybe he's. I, I thought he was kind of fun. Uh, he's definitely not taking this show seriously, which mm. makes him way more likable than all of these Anyone straight dudes. Else. Who are like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a warrior. I'm gonna murder someone. Uh, I'm going to battle. Tell my children I loved them, Lord. Yeah. Um. <laughs> episode five we watched five episodes of this show and this motherfucker is getting ready to joust and he's praying and like there's dramatic music playing and he's like it's a really low camera angle and he's as he's looking up to the face of father god and he's like lord make sure my children know how much i love them and i was like bro you can call them not not even not 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 only let my children know how much i love them dear god Help me in this joust. Help me by hitting mm-hmm. this man real hard with a stick off a horse. Let that my children know through these actions how much I love them because I'm doing it for them. Y'all, you, y'all can, are- you can call them. <laughs> you, you can let them know. It's fine. You're not going to, to, to battle. You're... You're going to go do like a, a silly you're, sport. You're on a ranch in um, Mississippi. Mississippi. It's it's fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let me uh, let me just like give an overview because we're jumping right into yeah. the uh, the bits. But um, I already explained the whole plot, which is it's what you're doing while the show is on. But right. go for it. OK, the the conceit of the show is there's this fellow um shane adams i believe his name is i had it pulled up yes shane adams they don't explain who this guy is except to say that he's like a competitive jouster i looked him up world champion joust i had to figure out what his deal is um so because as the show the show tells you he's a world champion jouster but then it explains that he is the founder of the sport of full contact modern jousting. And so you're like, hmm, these things <laughs> don't seem to line up. They don't seem to account to much when put together, Shane Austin. Um, so I looked him up. He is like a he started out as a medieval times jouster. Incidentally, like five of the 16 14 guys on this show like a huge chunk of them are medieval times jousters but they don't say medieval times on the show maybe because of like uh copy i don't know they just call them theatrical jousters i will but say if that they, the, if you, the, the, the the role of theatrical jouster does sound a little bit cooler than I worked at medieval times, you know, where right. you where you ate half a chicken with your bare hands. I was entertaining you. Yeah. yeah, but that's what that's code for. I did look it up specifically on the show wiki. If they say if the the little uh, title card beneath them says theatrical jouster, it means this is a dude from medieval times. So Shane Adams started as a, uh, a medieval times jouster dude um, and presumably had was was like in some kind of equestrian sport uh like parallel to that because he's like a very high level equestrian sportsman uh like he's he's from Canada and he's on the uh Canada equestrian team which is like a general catch-all term this is all like, research you did on your own none of this is explained no no, no. none of this show. is explained i'm giving you the listener context for this dude because he's inexplicable 
we couldn't figure him out. So anyway, he's good at riding horses, and that must be where he got the money to do this. So he has founded the sport of modern, competitive, full-contact jousting. Which is not the and thing he's a world champion of, presumably. We don't know. I it, mean, he could be. He's it, the only one. Who, he invented it. So it, it did sound like he was tired of European jousting and then came to America to create this. It, well, he's it, it, from Canada. I know. I know. But mm-hmm. he, he said, like, we're doing this North American. We're not doing this European shit. It felt a little bit like Vince McMahon making extreme football. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Because he was tired of the sissies in the NFL. So he was like, I'm going to combine WWE with football. Yeah. So also, as context, dear listener, uh, jousting is a sport that people do, but you do it with targets and rings. So it's um, it's sort of a bit like polo in that it's a sport done on horses, but you do it with like a lance. And the challenge is to get it through like progressively smaller rings or like rings in a like fancy configuration or like targets in a challenging configuration. So it's really like an equestrian sport about precision. And I know this because they have jousting tournaments in Maryland. So this guy, Shane Adams is the host and like Producer, presumably, he's the main dude of this show. The only judge. The only judge, (laughs) yes. So he got all these dudes together. Some of them are like horse trainers. Some of them are cowboys. Can I do this bit? Sure. As the the people were introduced, we played a game of, uh, are they a Ren Faire guy? Are they like a, a horse redneck? Are they a veteran? Or are they an equestrian guy, like a classy horse guy? Mm-hmm. And out of the 16 dudes, I think we got about 14 of them like mm-hmm. spot on yeah. as they were introed. We were like, bam, that's a veteran. He doesn't know anything about horses, but he's a warrior. Bam, that guy is a redneck. Bam, that guy is a classy horse guy. Bam, that motherfucker LARPs. Yeah, there there was there's a um like a uh Show jumper. There's a guy who's a show jumper. That's a fancy horse thing. And then uh, there was a guy who like did dressage or something, which is a fancy horse thing. There was a polo player too, but yeah. I, we thought he was a larper because he had the like kind of long ass. It, it should be noted mm-hmm. that of course these, so, this was exclusively men and exclusively white men. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. worth the, noting, yeah. Mm-hmm. The the premise of the show is that every episode, they're they're divided into two teams, the red team and the black team. Every episode, uh, one dude is chosen from each team to do a jousting tournament. And they do uh, like eight passes, and they have a point scoring system. They have a sort of target on one shoulder, which has the extremely difficult to parse and extremely difficult to pronounce name of a gridded grand guard, which they say in rapid succession every few <laughs> words. You have to hit the gridded grand guard. It's like a tongue twister. So they have like a target on their shoulder. If you uh, hit the target, you get a point. If you break a lance on the target, you get five points. If you knock a guy off his horse, you get ten points. However, if you hit somebody in the head, you lose five points. Um they will play real fast and loose with these <laughs> roles uh, as the show goes on. Uh, there was one 
bit where like a guy got the guard of his lance kind of he just kind of, like clearly by accident he wasn't like trying to block the target but just as he was aiming he got like the guard of his lance in front of the target on his shoulder i'm going to keep calling it a target and not a gridded grand guard because it's too it's too much so he got the the guard of his lance uh, like sort of in the way of the target on his shoulder and they and the other guy like hit it with the tip of his lance and they gave the guy who hit it a point because they were like yeah but it was in the area of the target <laughs> you know the the guard of the lance was in the area of the target so that's a point and like also the it doesn't have to be the front of the target they can kind of glance off the side of the target and that counts as a point so th- it sounds like they're just making judgment calls as they go and like nobody they didn't edit it cleverly enough that it sounds like that was always the rule mm-hmm. you know what i mean things will just happen and they'll be like no no we've decided that that's not a point or we've decided uh, that that is a point as a 90s kid I feel like I was the perfect age for the, like, bad reality show boom that happened in the early aughts. And I think this show came out, what, in, like, 2012? But it it really feels like a product of a different era of reality competition TV. Because these these boys are really laying the track as the train is Mm -hmm. going down. Uh Like... You can tell they are making up rules on the fly and adjusting things. And uh, the camera work is uh, pretty, pretty rough. There's times where, like, the camera is just shaking mm-hmm. when it shouldn't be. They do have one of the, um, like, zip line cameras that's in the uh, the NFL and that they attach that poor actor to in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark to make him zip around. They got one of those things, and that's pretty cool, but, like, any of the handheld work is uh, not not great. Very rough. People's yeah. heads are just cut off and stuff. Like, yeah. it's rough out here. So, um, the, the tried and true formula for reality competition shows is that you have some kind of preliminary uh, activity, some kind of preliminary challenge that's lower stakes, and it takes up a lot of runtime, and it sort of, like, sets up the bigger like high stakes elimination challenge at the end of the episode. And that, that kind of like ramps up the, the tension throughout the episode. And it also fills the time with, you know, enough content that the audience is entertained. And it lets you know who you want to root for in the, in the real stakes one. You kind of pick a person that you're like, I'm rooting for this fool. Yeah. This show, there's no kind of preliminary competition. The only thing is uh, like the one eight pass joust at the end of the show. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason for who is chosen to be in the, the one V one match mm-hmm. at the end. And in the meet, like the, there's like a team leader. There's like a coach for each team. And the coach just seems to decide like, okay, that guy's going to go next uh, on the, like this guy's going to joust next. And everybody's like, okay. And like, there's not, elimination you know like they don't go home they just stay there like if they lose they just stay at this ranch that they're living at and they're just there now um well, as andy pointed out while we were watching also, that also seems like something they were kind of like uh one of our favorite guys is gonna go home first maybe they stick around instead like it's 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 very yeah that does 
does seem like a thing they just made up. Yeah. So the first guy that got eliminated, they were like, hey, yeah, he was like, all right, well, I'm going to leave now. You know, I'm off the show. I have no chance of winning one hundred thousand dollars. And they were like, no, you can't leave. And he was like, what do you what do you mean? And they're like, well, you have to stay in case somebody gets injured enough that they can't continue. And he's like, uh, okay. And so he's there just being a character now. Like he's, he's still living in this like house with these other dudes and just has no chance of winning. So like somebody else, like several episodes later brings up like, why are we still here? If we can't win, like what are the odds that somebody's going to get injured enough that like all three of us are like, you know, what, why, what, so the guy, uh, Shane Adams, was like, okay, well, if you guys stay, then at the end, we're going to have, like, uh, another prize. It's like, it's like he was just ad-libbing it. He's like, we're going to have another prize for, like, the most, for, like, the audience favor or something. Like, I- he, he, he looked really crestfallen when this dude was like, I, th- I think I'm going to leave. And he was like, you shouldn't leave. And then... Uh, it, it like smash cuts to him being like, I have a special secret loser tournament for all the people who <laughs> lost that you can get 25 grand. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? You want to stay now? Yeah. So everybody was like, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. Now if you win, if you win the like main tournament, you get a hundred thousand dollars and through some other means that are not fully clear, if you stick around, you have a chance at winning $25,000, even if you've lost. So that's where we're at. The primary content of the show is just dudes getting injured a lot. Um, because, as you might imagine, this is a very dangerous sport. And it's honestly seems like fairly dangerous for the horses as well. Like no, no horses get injured as far as I can tell. Except for the one that got punched in the face. Except for the one who a man punches in the face with his armored like gauntlet. And he gets kicked off the show. We'll talk, we'll talk in detail about that. But yeah, so the primary content of the show lacking any real like game show content, except for like the few minutes at the very end where they're jousting is dudes practice jousting and hurting themselves really bad. Um, There's already been one dude sent to the hospital in the first five episodes, and in the preview at the end of episode five, uh, it seems to indicate that two dudes are going to be sent to the hospital in episode six. So, um, yeah, uh, it's mostly just dudes getting knocked off of horses, dudes hurting themselves pretty bad, and then them getting kind of drunk in the house that they're all living in and like shoving each other Mm -hmm. a bit. And there uh, are, there are very limited sections of of like house drama that they play up real big Mm -hmm. in like the, the next time on and like the, the commercial break uh, previews, which like all reality TV shows do that. But there is never been a show where there is less content to what actually happens between these boys It is absolutely mm-hmm. not worth showing every time they show something. Yeah. Probably the thing that takes up the biggest amount of time and is the most pointless is after the riders are chosen, whoever's going to joust Shane has them stand <laughs> on a thing and, and look at each other. And he goes, take a good hard look at each other. 
this is the last time you're going to square up before the big joust in three days. And it's like, no, it's not. They live together. <laughs> like, like we're, they're going to, like, eat Cheerios together, mm-hmm. at, like, for the next three days. That is pointless. And then after that, the coaches go and select what horse <laughs> their boys are going to ride. Because there's 15 horses, there's 16 dudes, and only, like, six of the horses are allowed to actually be jousted on. For the big joust. So the coaches go and they go, I'm picking Crispin for my special boy to ride because Crispin is a good horse. And Shane goes, that was a great choice. Crispin is a great horse. Your special boy is going to do really good on Crispin. And then the next guy goes, okay, well, if he's picking Crispin, I'm going to do some special strategy for my special boy. And I'm going to pick Superman because Superman's a good horse. And Shane goes, you're right. Superman's a great horse. Your very special boy is going to do a really good job on Superman because he's a good horse. And it's it, it's three minutes. It's like three to four minutes of airtime. Real quick, that. since we're, since we're on the subject, I want to share a, a direct quote from Shane at one of these horse pickings. Um, oh, David has wait. to remember... That he needs to make sure Crispin understands that he really isn't the beginner that he actually is. That's the kind of like real deep context that we're getting. The real like intellectual uh, descriptions that, that, that is that is pouring out of uh, yeah. Mr. Shane's mouth. Yeah, there's not a, there's not a, a moment no. of airtime wasted. In any of these shows, just uh, like I definitely like I, I, I feel for the editor because like you said, yes, there is a lot of them standing looking at each other while Shane's like, well, get a good look, um, which like maybe the onset people are like, yeah, hold like we want to get enough footage so that we can like really cut this together. Everyone hold everyone hold. And then eventually, I guess it gets to the edit bay and they're like, we kind of need to put everything in the show. We're going to have a full like four yeah. minutes of these boys just staring at each other, trying to like mean mug. Uh, I, I feel for all of the crew involved in this. The a weird thing about the format um, is that because it's just a one V one each episode, um, the I know nothing about most of these guys. Like we've seen yeah. five matches. So we've like, we've seen 10 dudes mm-hmm. now. Um, but like for the first couple of episodes, I-, I knew about, you know, six of the 14, 16 dudes, 14 dudes, six. There's, there's, I I don't know. Like you d- don't even see most of these dudes. Like I know, only- I know like Mike is yeah. a veteran. I know that Wolfman is a fucking crazy person because all he talks about is like hurting people and going into battle and his guts spilling out and he's just insane. He's a crazy man. I know uh, the one dude's gay because we cyber stalked him and we found his Instagram, which is very gay. And uh, I know that uh, Rope is a cowboy. Also, like... Eight of the dudes have extremely typical white boy names that all start with J. There's like a Joe, a John, a, a Jack, a, uh, a Jacob, and Josh. Uh, like, I think there's a James. Yeah. There's, there's a there, Josh. There's definitely yes. more than one John. Um, like, I think I'm so, pretty sure there has to be. I, there, yes. I, I, Joe, I like yeah. Joe. 
I think I think I, I have no he's concept the dude of who, who Joe is. He's the dude who looks like a really young Clint Eastwood, and he's like very soft spoken and he's very soft hearted, and he's just like, yeah, I'm here to like do my best, and I like. I, I think it's fun to learn and I hope everyone does their best and everyone else is like, I'm a goddamn warrior and I'm going to do, I'm going to soak it. And it's just like, I like Joe. Yeah. Joe's like a normal dude. Yeah. And then there's, then there is rope. Rope is the guy who was praying that God would help him win the joust rope, to prove to his children is, that he loved them. That dude's rope name is Myers. Rope. Um, I, I was rope watching Myers. Rope specifically and like, Early on in the series, one of the more like meat-headed guys, like a real string bean of a dude, but like a meat-headed guy, uh, like gets a belly full of courage and goes over to the <laughs> other team and is like, Rope, I'm calling you out. It's you and me. And Rope is kind of like playing cards and he's like, oh, it's like, we're the next, did they tell the producers tell you like, we're the, ne- no, I'm just, I'm just saying I'm coming for it. And so someone like whispers to the rope like i think he's i think he's calling you out and rope's like oh oh okay all right bud like sounds good and then later in the episode <laughs> like in episode five before he jousts rope is like um you know i'm just trying to be real humble like i think humility is really important things like this so i'm just trying to do my best to learn and i was like is rope a good guy is this rope like kind of like rule and then rope uh is alone in the in the uh, like locker room and I thought he was gonna like vomit or like do something weird and he just like gets down on his knees and is like father god and I was like ah oh, rope you're, you're such a rope you're, <laughs> that, that should have seen that one coming I had high hopes for you rope to this point because we don't spend much time with anyone besides like the two who are going to joust and we don't even like we really don't get to know them well either because they're spending most of their time in like a full suit Mm -hmm. of armor with like a helmet and they can't talk and stuff. You really only get to know a couple of the people and most of them are remarkably unlikable. And then you'll find one or two here like, Oh, like this guy's great. Like I'm here for him. I'm here to watch him. But then their episodes over and you don't, They're like either they've either lost and like aren't really in it anymore, but to help people practice or they won. But because they've gone and they're 16 dudes, you're not going to see them just again for another like eight episodes. This. So it's 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 a really weird. They they don't do any of the like you said, like the like the like small preliminary challenges that like test your skills and would like an excellent way to decide who is jousting each week um they don't do any of that and even when they are like given the opportunity of like oh we need an alternate for the team there's four guys we could choose from who've already been eliminated one of them has to come back it's the perfect time to like all right well we're gonna do a rings competition or we're gonna do like a you know uh how many barrels can you stay anything anything at all they're just like yeah we talked about it and uh this is what we decided like they take it way too seriously to allow it to become like a fun game which is like they the shane guy really really thinks this is going to become like the next big american sport which like Maybe that's his thing. Maybe. I mean, he's clearly got a lot of investment in this league. So, like, he's 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 devoted to that. 
but it does not make for a good TV show because it's not fun. It's just everybody being very, very serious, except Jacob, who's just being very, very silly and gay. The the problem with this idea of it being a sport, uh, two things. One, if you have people like get eliminated after one match, uh, you can't mm-hmm. like root for them. Mm-hmm. So like that's a big problem. So you know if the Phillies were eliminated after losing their first game, and then you couldn't root for them the rest of the season, then like. That's that's not good. That's that's not going to like build the fan base for that team. And then two, there's no crowd. Yeah. And uh it it is like like glaringly obvious that there's there's no crowd during the big joust at the end of the episode. I don't know if y'all have ever been to a Ren Fair, but the best part is getting drunk off your ass and cheering at the joust. Mm-hmm. People get into it. It's a lot of fun. They should have a crowd for the the, the joust. There are, there are two things that you Dang. can hear at every joust, um, like from like the limited crowd that is there, which is just the other boys who are not jousting at the moment. There is Shane just hollering his ass off, who is like he clearly just has some money and wants to see boys joust, and that's like his his kink. Um. He's like the weird fox catcher guy, but we don't right. think he's yeah, yeah, murdered yeah, yeah. anyone yeah. yet. Um, the other thing that you hear is just the roar from these boys whenever they announce that it's time to move up to the 1.5 inch thick lances. That gets the crowd <laughs> going. That's when it's time to fucking shout. After the fourth pass, when it's when it's time for the fifth pass, there's eight passes total. Uh, Shane announces like Julius Caesar is about to unleash lions that it's time to move up or down lance size. I, think- I don't know what the starting lance size is. He just says it's time to switch to the 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 other lances, and we have no <laughs> idea what it means. We have no clue. I think they're thicker, and and the boys are just real hype about it. Uh, but even using a thicker, no. like, I don't know what that means in the context Probably of Probably harder to break, which means... It's just harder to break. Like, a thicker one just... Is it, is it going to knock you off harder, though? Like, which I don't know. I don't that, know like, what it means. comes into play in, these, in this fifth episode. Maybe in the end of the fourth, too. Can we talk about Shane? Definitely in the fifth. Where... Oh, the, the guy? Yeah. This is all about, about safety. I got some things to say about the I'm guy. I'm sorry. Okay. What was that? Was that Evan? Oh, okay. No, that was me, um, Andy. It's, it's, it's all about safety. It's all about, you know, you get points off if you get a headshot. Um, You do get points if you knock a man off of his horse, which we discussed was like, that's way more dangerous than like getting your bell rung in this head in this helmet. Um, Yes. But what is revealed Uh in this fourth episode is that there's basically a fuck them up rule Um, where at the at the eighth, these last two jousts, like they get blown out and the coaches are like. You really got it. Like, this is the time you got to knock him off his horse. And it cuts to an, it, like a talking head interview with Shane where he's like, uh, if you get knocked off your horse, there's two minutes that you have to get back up. So it's your goal to knock him off his horse and make sure that he can't get up. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? This is wild. 
That is a good point, Ronnie, about the the last two matches we watched, mm-hmm. episodes four and five. Uh, episode three by far uh-huh. had the closest joust and was was genuinely yeah. extremely exciting to watch. Uh, even at home, uh, we were a few yeah. drinks in. It was great. Episode four, the final score was negative 21? four to yeah. uh, like 20. Yeah. And then the fifth episode, the score was yeah. two to 20. And they weren't fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They were really boring. Mm-hmm. And um, this brings up my point about Shane. Yeah. Is Shane's a dick. Shane will like nag these these joust boys. Like he doesn't seem to do it to their faces, but like he'll get done talking to them, and then it'll cut to like a talking head thing with Shane, and he's like, "That guy's a failure." He failed in his match and he'd be an even bigger failure and a loser if he left now or like during the the one match where the the two dudes weren't doing super hot. uh, He was like, these two guys suck. Any one of you would just better than them. And it's like, Shane, you're the coach and the judge and like the producer. Like you can't talk about these boys like that. Like you just look really mean. They. They continue to include these things, which it made kind of sense the first time, but now is just kind of getting sad where they keep including these in, these like moments between Shane and the eliminated boys who are still there where they're just like, yeah, I kind of just want to go home. And Shane's like, no, you can't go home. And it's like, why are we seeing this? Why are you showing us how much it sucks to hang out around the jousting circle Multiple it's people have just, asked to leave. Yeah. Shane's been like, no. Uh, except for the dude who punched the horse. And he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. And I'd punch that horse again. Yeah. And uh, I love to punch horses. And Shane was like, you have to go. It it sounds like Andy is like exaggerating. That's basically what oh. this dude said. So do you want to tell who wants to tell about it what happened so, with the horse like, punching? Like we... I don't know if we can say anything yeah. else than we've already said. Well, it's just I, bizarre. Like, the whole scenario, the whole scenario is the the horse they they were like uh like lining up in the uh arena to do like a training run. This is the only other content in the show besides the match is like they train. Um and they were like standing around waiting to receive instructions from their coach who, by the way, is not a contestant. There's just like some guys who are coaches for the teams. And um, the the horse stepped on this guy's foot, which happens sometimes when you're around horses. The appropriate thing to do is just step away before the horse puts its full weight down or gently shove the horse on the shoulder to get off your foot. The horse stepped on this guy's foot and he took his gloved, like his armored hand and punched the horse like he he like uppercutted this horse in the face and you could tell that it hurt the horse because the horse whinnied and reared up and the coach was like what what the fuck did you just do did you just punch your horse in the face and the guy was like stepped on my foot (laughs) and the guy was like so you punched the horse in the face and the guy was like had had to get it had to get it off my foot and the coach you could tell was like at a loss for exactly what to do he's like don't don't do that again. And then they like called him into like a separate room and they were like, hey, um, like we have a uh, Shane. Like they were like the two coaches and Shane 
brought him into a side room and Shane like very seriously was like, I have a zero tolerance policy for inappropriate treatment of animals. I don't know if these are his horses, but I kind of get the vibe that this entire thing is shot on like a ranch that Shane owns and these are his horses. I don't know that for sure, but I cannot imagine where else you would get a bunch of horses that are trained for jousting. I don't know. Um, So anyway, he was like mad about it. And so any reasonable person would say something like, I'm so sorry, I reacted inappropriately. You could even say like, he, the horse stepped on my foot and it really hurt. And without thinking, I just like rip like that would and be, would be respected on say. this show full the of guy big, said, strong men who just want to punch. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. They probably wouldn't even have kicked him off if he had just said, like, I'm so sorry. It was a like a just a reaction. And like, obviously, I would never do that again. No. What this guy said was, I'm not upset about it. I did the right thing. And they're like excuse me? And he's like, yeah, no, that, that's fine. And they just like, they just kicked him off the show. They were like, no, you have to leave. You didn't like this. This I've is punched horses before uh, you need to I, leave. I, I'm happy. I punched this horse <laughs> and I'm going to punch horses again, whether you keep me here or not. I'm going to go on a horse punching rampage. a la yeah. Batman. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So really, I will say, I don't yeah. know. So I can speak from an editor's perspective. I can't speak from the on like on set producer perspective. The crew of this show had to have been so fucking excited that he punched this horse because it gave so much content yeah. to fill the episode with. Yeah. Bes- besides the horse punching, the most exciting thing that happened was when a guy got knocked off his horse in a, a, a training joust. And split his head open and had to go to the hospital and get staples in his head. Seven staples. Yeah. He got a concussion, so he couldn't joust mm-hmm. for like a week, which seems like not enough time that's, to recover That's from pretty a standard protocol for, for anyway. a concussion in athletics. I Okay. I, I think our boy Shane referred to it as a yeah. boo-boo in practice. He did. And he it was like it was yeah. like Shane, that's not a boo-boo. His head was bleeding every like he there was and a they, lot and of they do show us him in the hospital um, and I I want I want they just showed like the doctor working on him, but I want the conversation of like, hey doc, this dude has a head laceration because you know he was knocked off a horse playing full contact jousting. Um can you fix him up? And also, can we film you while you fix him up? Like, what is what is happening mm-hmm. in Mississippi where this is just like, yeah, come on back. It's it's it's, it's Mississippi. Anything goes. I assume that, like, the dude who was injured, like, signed some kind of consent form. Yeah, and was sure. like, Yeah, I'm they sure. Can film me. And so, like, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm sure the doctor doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah, we we, we got to talk about the coaches and assistant coaches because Every team has a coach, and every team has an assistant coach. We have not seen the assistant coaches since the first episode mm-hmm. where they jousted to see which team would get first pick in the schoolyard pick. And uh, the coaches really don't seem to have enough to do because any sort of like coaching that happens seems to come from Shane himself. So it's this really bizarre thing where they're supposed to have like some sort of authority and some sort of like relationship with the guys on their team. But really like Shane does all of that. And he's also the only judge and he's also the produ- 
So it's, he's also the host. So it's like really bizarre what these dudes are here for. They are there so that when one of our big sweaty men finish a, a round of joust, they can say, yeah, they broke their lance on you. Don't worry. You'll get them next time. I'll see you at the other end. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they have a little yeah. fight corner like Rocky where he goes to Mick. And the <laughs> like Roddy just said, every time it's like, oh, well, he rode his horse and hit you with his stick and you rode your horse and missed. So have you tried hitting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. next time? And then they lock their helmet into place and say, go get hit again by a horse or by a big, big wooden stick. Um, this also highlights the, the contradictions in this show where like the coaches are called coaches, but they're really not coaching much at all. Shane is a host, but he's also the like producer and the only judge. Uh, they constantly say, uh, this is full metal jousting. There's no defense. And it's like, well, I'm pretty sure they're wearing armor and that feels like the defense. And Shane will say, I'm, I created the sport. I'm its founder, but I'm also a world champion at it. And it's like, well, that doesn't add up either. Mm-hmm. And so like this show is constantly full of these statements where you're like, that doesn't connect or that doesn't make sense. Or I just have more questions now. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's mind boggling. Yeah. The armor is also very interesting because it is not historically accurate armor. It, like it's clear that they just like stamped this armor out of some metal and they like gothed it up, you know, like they, they made like modern armor and put like modern, like foam padding inside of it. Um, and I look, I cannot imagine that like any of this has been like, lab tested for like impact resistance you know what i mean because like they have these metal helmets and like there are some training sessions where they essentially have like football helmets on instead of like the metal helmets they're like hockey helmets yeah or something like that and i just was thinking like surely the like factory produced hockey helmets or like a football helmet or something like that would actually have better impact resistance because of all, like, they, there's a lot of technology and testing that goes into developing these, like, professional sports helmets. And, like, the helmets that they're wearing are just, like, sheet metal helmets with some padding on the inside. And, like, oh, I'm sure it's better than nothing, but it just, it, it all seems very janky. For, like, forget about safety, because the entire show does, as Evan says, feel remarkably unsafe. And judging by the amount of injuries we've seen, that is the correct assessment. But also it's an aesthetic problem where like the armor they're wearing, it's clear they took some steps to modernize it, but then they also still wanted it to feel very medieval. And uh, the two elements just don't work. They clash very hard. Either they should be wearing like a fully medieval aesthetic armor or they should have gone like American gladiators and just completely modernized it and made it feel like a professional modern sport. But this one foot in the modern world and one foot in the medieval world, it really doesn't connect. It, 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 it just feels wrong. It doesn't feel like the shows uh, trying to like marriage those two elements together. It doesn't feel like it worked in the aesthetic. All of that being said, um, 
I would say that if there is a market for that show, we are like the target audience. Like, like, mm-hmm. there, I mean, sure. I'm sure there are uh, like <laughs> dudes from the military who love just shit breaking and just the the beauty of a wild beast in in full trot. Um, but as far as jousting goes and being excited about a joust, uh, we're the target audience, but that is not what the show, um, like presupposes the target audience is an audience of one. And that is of Shane Adams. There is nobody who this show is for except to satisfy the whhms of, of, uh, of Shane. And, and that is like so evident every single episode. Well, as further evidenced by the fact that he, after Full Metal Jousting got canceled, and I'm sure part of that had, like, besides it being, like, weird and, like, weirdly kind of boring to watch in a lot of areas, uh, I'm sure the insurance Mm -hmm. was through the roof for this show. Because they filmed it in the U.S., so they definitely had to, like, pay these dudes and they had to provide, like, you know insurance they had to have insurance on this whole production um like so after this was canceled um shane just made his own jousting show called tilt and he sells it in dvds (laughs) on etsy you on get, etsy.com you can get season one on amazon prime and season two you can only get by going to his Etsy shop and he will mail you some DVDs of it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Ten years after Full Metal Jousting, he made Tilt. And uh it it's bizarre. He he like all of the descriptions of Tilt are how it's not Full Metal Jousting and it's better actually. I have to <laughs> while we're on the topic um, of Shane again, I do have the uh the force times acceleration quote uh or, or mass. I, I was going to ask yes, you, I was oh going to ask, please do. I was going to say, Ronnie, while we're talking about Shane, do you know what I'm going to, I have equals. it queued up right here. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and play it real quick. Oh, fuck. Yes. Mass times acceleration equals force. How much force is actually behind getting struck by one of these lances? I'm not a math expert. I don't have the slightest idea. I can tell you though, it'll put you in the dirt. <laughs> Oh, it's just so good. It's so good. What there's, a vibe. What a vibe. There's a lot of talking heads of Shane being like, what's it feel like to get struck by a jouster going full tilt at you? It's the amount of carnage of a car crash. And it's like, that's not true. Yeah, there's, there's that's, that's, that's not, not mathematically true. possible. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of stuff like that. And that talking head mm-hmm. is in episode one. And it's just the fucking... It's funniest thing. Yeah, it really yeah. sets the tone because there's science. <laughs> like you could figure out what that is, and it would be a great little thing to have in any other show. But they are the like such a weird combination of we're not taking this show seriously. We are taking this sport very seriously. I don't. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't, I like don't know. That, that's it. It feels like there was a cue card that he was reading from and he was just like, fuck yeah. it, I'm going oh, yeah. to oh, freestyle, yeah. baby. That number's got way too many digits. I'm no. not going to be able to remember that in this short of time. And I'm certainly not doing a second take. 
No, no there are no, no second takes in this show. Mm-hmm. There, there is no redos. There is no go back to your mark. Let's read that line again. It is, and like you yeah. can tell, parts of it are scripted, but like there's, there's no redos, baby. That's we got like time to do one. Part of the one. thing about the coaches is like, surely if there was something like in practice or in one of the sessions where like the coaches were doing some heavy coaching, it would be on the show, and there's just nothing. It had to have been like so boring or so just non-existent that it does not make it on the cutting room floor that is this show. Well, like even episode four, where the one guy pulled his his groin or got injured or something. And so like he oh, there's the the Mm. head staple guy. So like he can't compete. He was the one who was supposed to compete. So they're like, all right, we're going to pick this other boy who like apparently has never ridden any of the jousting horses. He's just ridden the spare horses. And they're like, you don't have time to like practice once with your new horse. You don't have time to like get accustomed to it. We have to do this just tomorrow and you're suiting up and doing it. And he does terrible. And Shane like fucking rags <laughs> and hit the talking heads is like, this guy fucking sucks at jousting. And it's like, could you guys not have been like, Oh, there was a severe injury. So like, let's give this new boy like a chance to practice with his horse or like, it's episode four. Right. How come he's never ridden one of the jousting horses? Or can he can he joust on the horses he has ridden? Like, can can someone explain why it's so important to like throw him in to the deep? We're twenty four like, hours right away. Away from no. this joust. Can he like take it out for a spin? Like like they're very they're they're very precious about the time they get with the horses. And it's like I don't know a lot about horses, but I do know horses. They like to they like to run. Let that horse run. You get five minutes with the horse. It's truly you can. They do say you can like I I like to sleep with the horses when I'm going to do a a joust and I like to braid the horse's hair. But when it comes to actually like taking the horse out for a run, they're like, nah, 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 nah. No, you have a you have a half hour visitation with the horse. (laughs) You may not contact the horse. You may you may not uh, touch the horse. just, uh, you know, whisper your intentions to it through the bars and then you will meet again with the horse on the jousting day. It's so weird. It's yeah. so weird. It is, um, you know, uh, less than ideal. But I mean, like, I'm surprised that they didn't have these dudes bring their own horses. But I guess like there's only so many horses in the world trained for jousting. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell like, you what, some of these horses that were trained for jousting, they don't look like they want to joust anymore. Yeah. This this fucking Praetorian was just like, fuck joust forever. And they keep yeah. they he he does a terrible job. He's like, I'm too hot of a horse. I don't want to joust anymore. And then it's the next joust, and the coach goes, Yeah, we're gonna do Praetorian. It's like, what? <laughs> no, no. This horse wants to retire. Let this mm-hmm. horse go. Yeah, this is like, you know. I I understand that um, horses are working animals and, and sometimes, you know, they get in situations where they might get injured, like, you know, but, and I also think it was the right decision to uh, kick that guy off the show for punching a horse in the face. Sure. However, I would be genuinely shocked if 
every single one of these horses has not suffered a worse injury than a punch to the face from jousting. You know On what this I mean? show, like, like what yeah, we I have mean, been watching. Yeah, like these, again, like these, these horses do seem used to doing this because if a horse were not like trained to do this, like it, you would not be like, I know Praetorian is like uh, difficult to control. He's a challenging horse, but um, like he's done this before. He knows what he's supposed to do. He's not bothered by the the armor. He's not bothered by the loud noises or the lances or anything. So clearly they all are familiar with these acti- this series of activities that these horses have to do day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's surely they step on. Surely they step on uh, like broken wood. Surely the armor is not comfortable. And like, I don't know. My point is. It's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, disingenuous of them to be like punching the horses is unacceptable. But, um, you know, like making the horses run at each other while we smack each other with sticks. That's fine. That's normal. Yeah, it's. It's a lot. And there's more. And like, we've only watched half of this fucking show. Yeah. We got five episodes left. Uh, my, my favorite dude besides the gay, cause obviously I'm cheering for the gay, but my favorite dude, Joe was eliminated in the most exciting joust in episode three. And he's been put back in the show because, uh, the dude who punched the horse got sent home, so they had to replace him. And uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped to see Joe joust again because he was great. <laughs> when the guy gets, I'm sorry, the guy, the guy who punches the horse, he gets sit down. They do the whole thing. He stands up. He's like, "I love punching horses. I'm gonna punch so many more horses. I'm gonna name a horse after you, and then I'm gonna punch that horse." The Shane leaves. He's like, "I got nothing. I got nothing more to say to you. I, I gotta go." The coach is like. You need to sit down. You need to sit down right now. He goes, look at me. Look at me. And the guy looks up at him and the coach goes, I got nothing. And just walks out of the room. <laughs> even, even in this heated moment, the coach cannot think of anything like authoritative. He just repeats to what Shane said. Shane was like, I got nothing to say. I'm leaving. And the coach is like about to like have a, a like remember the Titans like. I don't know, like Friday Night Lights speech to him. And then he goes, mm-hmm. I'm just going to repeat what Shane said. <laughs> I can't believe you cold clocked a horse. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, my God. The moment our show, the moment, like, like Evan said, the moment when the coach goes, if I see you doing that again, I was like, he's treating him like he's my two year old who just like spilled the milk on the ground. If yeah, I catch well, you clear, one more time punching a horse, it's it's clear that he was angry at having seen that, but didn't quite know what to do. Like he yeah. wasn't sure if he had the authority to tell that guy that he wasn't like that he was kicked off the show. Right. So he was just like sort of at a loss, you know. He was like, if I fucking if I fucking see you punch that horse again, <laughs> but you know, which is understandable. You better wait till my back is turned if you punch another horse. <laughs> I mean, if I saw one of my coworkers punch a horse, I don't know what I would do. I would have a no, lot of it's questions. Fair. It's Where'd fair. you get that horse? How'd you get it into this office? 
<laughs> why, why are you punching it? Oh, I do. I don't know if they do it normally on TV shows, but I do notice that there is no, no animals were harmed in the making of this product. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, a, because somebody straight up just punches a horse and B it's like, I don't know how they can guarantee that. I, I, I hope they have someone on staff who is just there for the welfare of the horses. But like we said, it seems like the producer of this show just owns these horses and like he's in charge of them. So it's like, don't have a whole lot of faith in the, the welfare of these beautiful, beautiful beasts. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. I will not apologize. I did the right <laughs> thing and I do it again. It's just, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, so next time we're gonna watch five more episodes of this nonsense I gotta um, stress too he's not the weirdest dude no, mm-hmm. no. he is not the most frightening him. guy I liked him a lot before he punched a horse <laughs> the the craziest guy is definitely Wolfman who like every talking head he's just like I want my guts to spill out of my chest it's mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. I want to be dragging myself in the sand with with spit and blood and, and guts and it's just like oh my god dude like please yeah. you worked at medieval times before this mm-hmm. he almost certainly still works at medieval times mm-hmm. I do say nothing will probably radicalize you quicker than working at a uh like a food service job where you also have to perform. Uh, the jousters at medieval times get paid like 13 bucks an hour. We looked they it up. It. Yeah, we looked it yeah, up. They get paid nothing. nothing. And you have to have such specialized skills. It's mm-hmm. tr- it's really challenging. Like Year riding round, a horse. Like has to be at least five to six days a week. Terrible is, schedule. Mm-hmm. I, I have to imagine that like when they say, say like theatrical jouster means medieval times, like like it could also mean Renf it clearly does not in this show, but it could also mean Renfair. But yeah, I, feel like I was Renf- assuming some of these dudes were Rennies. I, I it, think it, a lot of medieval times dudes have like Renfair during Renfair sure, season. Sure. You know, like as I a just, side hustle. I just have to imagine that like the like uh career Renfair jousters and the career medieval time jousters are like a totally separate circle. Like they they cannot possibly run in the same in the same areas. It just seems like a whole different breed, a breed of entertainer. But maybe I'm wrong. Write in if you're, if you're both, if you have yeah, friends in you, both. If you joust professionally, please let us know what, what your deal is and mm-hmm. how you, how you um, survive on the $13 an hour you get paid at medieval times or Ugh. whatever. There's a range, uh. there's a range, but it's, uh, it's shockingly low. I was making more at Starbucks as a supervisor than those motherfuckers jousting for medieval times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that dude is real intense. And I think I rather like have a beer with like horse punch guy than I would wolf, <laughs> which is really saying something. I would want to I would want to hear not not that I would give him like an out. But I would want to hear the rationale from Horse Punch Guy. I don't want to. Just I don't want to hear t- nothing from Wolfman. I, I wanted that man to stay away from me. Yeah, Wolfman is is genuinely unsettling, and not in like a cool way. I think he kind of thinks he's being kind of cool, but he just he feels like that kid you knew in elementary school who was really into the military. Mm-hmm. Like maybe mm-hmm. his uncle was in the military, so he was really into the military, and yep. it's gross. 
then, but it's even grosser coming from someone who's like 24. And it's not, uh, it's, it's not cool, but I, I will say he is the fucking Fonzie of this crew. He is everybody. Everybody <laughs> is big fans of Wolfman. Uh, at least unapologetic horse punch guy. I know I'm not a horse. <laughs> I'm safe. I'm safe. Wolf Wolfman will be like, cut me open, show me my guts. I'm like, I want to go home. But uh, unapologetic horse punch guy, he can be like, hey, I hate centaurs. You hate horses. There's some common ground there a little bit. I've never punched a horse, but like, I dream about strangling a centaur with my bare hands every night. So like, we can be pals, right? I just imagine unapologetic horseman guy just walks into a bar and it's just like are there any fucking horses in this building because i am in the mood for punching and then he sees it's just people and he's like i i can i can cool it i can chill out there's no horses here it's it is uh, a strange life strange life that man leads his daughter is gonna like be a horse girl and he's gonna be so mad he's gonna he's gonna be so mad she will be devastated when he starts punching through the ponies Oh, I think I think we've said I think we've said uh, far more than needs to be said for these yeah, five episodes because um, we got we, we got more to talk about. Who knows? They might punch two horses next block. They got up I, the ante. I think two two dudes are gonna get um uh, the horses. The horses are gonna get their revenge on the remaining <laughs> dudes. The horses are conspiring amongst themselves. <laughs> oh, that is so much of a better show. <laughs> Okay. Uh yeah, next time we're going to watch uh the final 5 episodes of uh Full Metal Jousting. Uh you could follow us on Twitter at @pendingpod and you can check out our Patreon patreon.com/wtmradio. You can get there by uh visiting where they may.com to see all the cool shows that we have and all the cool merch that we have. I got a bunch of bunch of where they may merch uh this Christmas uh Ooh. and it is a comfy cozy. We got a nice mug. We have a nice uh, Where They May Radio mug with our cool little travel poster on it. It's very Love good. It. it makes a great Love mug. It. I got uh, a gay Force Friends rewatch tank top. Love it. Yeah, I got a gay mm-hmm. free Force Friends rewatch t-shirt. Nice, nice, mm-hmm. nice, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, and I got I got myself a fan fiction is good actually shirt too, and it's lovely. Oh, yay. Yeah, I'm going to walk down the street and people are going to say, is it? And I'm going to just hand him a business card for a podcast. That Evan I, I, I have the shirt that just says fan fiction uh, uh-huh. in the style of the Penny Arcade video games uh, shirts. I have worn it out in public and somebody did ask me about it once and there I had to go. kind of explain what was going on. But yeah, I feel like in that case, I wouldn't explain that I was the host. I'd just be like, yeah, there's this podcast, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm um, a liar. He, well, what he asked me was, what kind of fan fiction do you read? Uh, like that's an even worse question. Yeah, yeah I, that's a said, bold question. I had, I had, someone. like, I handled the situation. It was fine. It didn't become awkward. Uh, I saved, you, I saved you myself. You say strictly Omegaverse, and then you put on sunglasses and just walk right on past. <laughs> a, a mom in her forties, when I was boarding an airplane, stopped me and told me that she liked my Force Friends rewatch T-shirt. Nice. And like, I did not have a chance to be like, "Are you a listener? Like, do you just know that this is the Star Wars font?" Like. It was it was a fleeting interaction and uh, sure. very strange. And I I think about it. It's nice, it's nice. Maybe you met a fan in the wild, and you'll never know. Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
if you're a fan of ours, uh, please please tell us that you like our t-shirts and that you also like our podcast because that's more important. We put way more effort into those. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said, all of that's at wherethemay.com. Uh, Tee Public, Redbubble, all the good stuff. Uh, Andy, how do we end these episodes? No animals were harmed in the recording of this podcast. That is true. We can confirm that. Not a single horse was punched. You pulling you pulling cattails over there? You better not be pulling cattails. If you asked Axel, he would say an animal was harmed because Emotional. he was not allowed to sit on my lap. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to take Axel's word for that. Take it back. Take it back. Where they may radio.